Well, hello and welcome to Faith Life 365. This is episode number 36. My name is Tim Hardison. Thrilled to have you here with me. Uh, if you've missed any of our past episodes, please go back and listen. Uh, go to the website www.faithlife365.org. Uh, you can see uh, videos, uh, YouTube, Rumble, uh, podcasts uh, is there also, and a blog. Uh, so check that out. In this episode, we're going to start a new topic of religion or word of God. Now let's uh, pray and get started. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your many blessings. We praise your name, Father. Lord God, we ask that you will open our eyes, that we may see in our ears, that we may hear as we read and study your word, Father. Father, transform us by the renewing of our minds, Lord. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of your word. Father, teach us to walk after the Spirit in faith and not after the flesh. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Now, I want to start with a foreword on, on this one. Uh, I've been working on this series for a long time, and that's the, the delay in, in posting. And uh, a further delay was I had, had some new equipment and uh, started trying to work with it, and, and after recording several of the episodes, uh, found out that that it was all bad, and so I had to start over again here. But uh, nonetheless, I just felt uh, led to add this prior to beginning this series, uh, and, and I, I, I just believe and know with everything in me, God laid this on my heart, but I've seemed to struggle with it, and, and, and I'm not sure maybe struggle is the correct word, but... Uh, things just suddenly it just wasn't flowing to me as as past episodes, um, and so it just felt like I was receiving nothing. I was receiving nothing in my spirit, and I, it was just a, a I don't know a better way to say it. Just a dead time. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't get anything, and I went to God in prayer. You know, I, and I I said, Lord God, you know, I'm I'm studying. I am I am researching. I am trying to prepare this series i am doing what i believe you've called me to do but i feel frozen i, I am i am blocked and uh i just right up in my spirit i got a reply and the reply was i am at which time i instantly received a revelation of yes sir you are I am not. And I repented because I realized that I was I was interjecting myself and my personal passions more than what I was being led, uh, the direction that I was being led to go in. There were some things in it that was that I felt very passionately about, and I started interjecting my my thoughts and feelings and passions. So I went back and deleted. Uh, several episodes, much of pretty much everything that I had had prepared, um, and started all over again, just because I was I, I didn't want anything to be just what I was putting in of my passions. So, um, as we go through the series, I just ask that uh, seriously think about and answer for yourself these questions. 
and the biggest, I guess, is number one, are you first grounded in the Word of God or are you first grounded in a particular church denomination's theology or religion? Do you read the Word of God seeking revelation and understanding from God um, as to the meaning of his word, as uh, that, that he would lead you and guide you and the Holy Spirit would speak into your heart. Uh, is this how you approach the word of God first? Or do you first read the word of God with the understanding and the meaning of the word that you've learned or that a particular denomination's theology or, or religion has taught you and then make the word of God fit that teaching? Uh, man, I'm, I'm not saying that anyone's or any particular church denomination uh, or its theology is wrong. That's, that's not where I'm trying to go with this. The question is, what is first for you? What is first for you? Are you first grounded in the word or are you first grounded in religion uh, or a denominational theology? And, and as we go through this series, some of you uh, may be offended or maybe you just believe that, that what I'm saying is, is just plain wrong. Well, that's okay. Not necessarily that you're offended. Hopefully you will not be offended, but my intention is not to offend uh, or to be dogmatic. Uh, my intention through this is to simply present the Word of God and ask you to first, uh, to first be grounded in the Word of God and not be first grounded in a particular religion uh, or theology. So please accept it that way. Uh, don't take my word for it, any of it. First seek God and in, in, in his word for the true answers. Now, my intention is to simply present the word of God in the manner that I feel that the Holy Spirit is leading me to present it. And I will present some varying topics, uh, some of which are often controversial. Uh, on some of these topics, I may or, or may not present you with the answers or with what I personally believe God has revealed to me to be the truth. Um, I also realize that some may say, well, you're just presenting a theology yourself. Yes, perhaps. Perhaps that I am, I guess. I. Um, and I, I also realize that there will continue to be disagreements among the different denominations over what the Word of God says. I'm simply asking, or I simply ask, that you seek God and His Word first before religion, before denominational theologies, and let Him reveal to you in your spirit uh, truth and understanding. Let what I say be the catalyst of your search for truth and understanding uh, in God's Word first. Now, I believe God led me in this direction for a purpose. Now, maybe maybe there's several purposes based on where you are right now in your walk with God. Maybe the purpose is simply for me personally to grow in him uh, and maybe for no other purpose. I don't know. But let's begin. Um, so as Christians, are we following religion or the Word of God? Now, I have a question or two for all Christians. Now, are you living your Christian life as we've been called to live under the new covenant? 
Or are you walking through your Christian life maybe with a sense of constant condemnation um, uh, and a constant feeling of unworthiness before God? Uh, Do you walk around afraid uh, in a constant sin consciousness? Or do you walk around with the full comfort and knowledge that you're a child of the living God, a joint heir to the kingdom of heaven? So when you pray, do you fall on your knees and beg God to hear your prayers and to forgive you, perhaps because you feel so you feel so unworthy of his grace? Or do you come boldly before his throne with your prayers and petitions and repentance? See, it's difficult for me to understand how we as Christians, the body of Christ, the church, can have so many different denominations and varying beliefs and teachings. Uh, it's been estimated that there will be approximately 43,000 Christian denominations worldwide by the year 2025. The World Christian Encyclopedia 2001 edition estimated 33,000-plus Christian denominations back in 2001. Now, for the record, this seems to be an extremely high number to me. Um, And uh, some of the research uh, shows uh, that uh, the 43,000 denominations are inclusive of independent churches, churches that, that... that declare themselves to be independent are often each counted as a separate denomination uh, because they don't know where to classify them or put them. So that's maybe why that number climbs so high. But still, that's a huge, huge amount. But if we are all Christians and we are all following Jesus Christ uh, as our Lord and Savior, and we are all reading from the same Bible and we all have the same Holy Spirit dwelling within us, how can we often be so far apart when, we, when we're all called to be the church, uh, the body of Christ Jesus? Uh, is Jesus so conflicted that it requires 43,000 different denominations to make up his body? To quote the Apostle Paul, I would say, God forbid, but so what is a Christian denomination? Now, a Christian denomination defined by Wikipedia, uh, which is kind of one of my least favorite sources to go to, but this seems to be a pretty good definition out of all the ones I've looked at. A Christian denomination is a distinct religious body within Christianity that comprises all church congregations of the same kind, identifiable by traits such as a name, uh, peculiar history, organization, leadership, theological doctrine, worship style, and sometimes a founder. It is a secular and neutral term generally used to denote any established Christian church, unlike a cult or sect. A denomination is usually seen as part of the Christian religious mainstream. Most Christian denominations self-describe as churches, whereas some newer ones tend to use the terms churches, assemblies, fellowships, etc. interchangeably. Now, divisions between one group and another are defined by authority and doctrine. Issues such as the nature of Jesus, the authority of apostolic succession, biblical hermeneutics, theology, eschatology, uh, ecclesiology, papal primacy may separate one denomination from another. Now, groups of denominations often sharing broadly similar beliefs, practices, and historical ties are sometimes known as branches of Christianity. And these branches differ in many ways, especially through differences in practices and belief. 
That's the end of the definition. Now, the past eight episodes were on the topic of end times, and I firmly believe we're currently living in the end times. There's more to be said on that topic, much more, but I just feel it strongly upon me to talk about this new topic of religion or word of God and to explore how the church, the body of Christ, appear to not all be reading from the same page of music. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't something new. Uh, Mark chapter 7, verses 5 through 9 of the New Living Translation It says, so the Pharisees and teachers of religious law ask him, why don't your disciples follow follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, English Standard Version. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6-12, through 12, English Standard Version. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I, I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, there are many more scriptures that will speak about false teachings, about man inserting traditions, religious beliefs, and man-made rules, laws into the Word of God, or in some cases, replacing the Word of God. So let me again say in advance, I'm almost certain that I will not make it through this without possibly offending some Christians who watch, read, or hear this episode or series. And again, it's my intention to cover this topic with my basis being the Word of God. So I would ask that rather than being offended or, or calling me a heretic or uh, at a, just at a, that at a minimum, um, read the Scriptures. Just read the, script, the Scriptures that I, I quote on here. Read them over to yourself. Pray. Seek God and the Holy Spirit as to the validity of what I present. Now, I believe that we as Christians, we should all be able to agree that the only way we can receive salvation is to truly believe in our heart and confess with our mouth 
that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he came to earth as a man, died for our sins. God raised him from the dead. And as such, any religion teaching anything different is a false religion. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, the English Standard, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And Romans uh, 10, chapter, uh, verses 9 through 10 of the English Standard Version says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So I also believe that we can all agree on the great commission that Jesus gave us. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, English Standard. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, how... And why do we have so many different church denominations, doctrines, and theologies? Now, I have no intention of talking about every denomination, doctrine, or theology, as this would take years. But my question is, why are so many churches and so many Christians so different in their beliefs, to the point of judging others based on the denomination they attend? Is that biblical? Uh, Is that what God called us to do? Uh, Some may say, well, brother, I'm just calling sin a sin. And what they believe and teach is a sin. To which I would have to ask, is it? Is what they teach or believe truly sin? Is it truly sin according to God's word? Or is it possible that it's not sin according to God's word, but it is something that is against the man-made or man-adopted traditions or religious beliefs or theology of a particular church denomination or, or that which one has adopted. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of false religion teaching churches out there. But just because a certain church denomination doesn't believe exactly as we may believe, it doesn't make them sinners. Which brings to mind another question. If we're all Christians and we're all living in accordance with the Word of God and we are all the body of Christ, how can we have so many different man-made traditions, religious beliefs, and theologies to abide by in each church doctrinal statement uh, or statement of belief or statement of faith? Are we the body of Christ warring against ourself? Are the eyes saying Uh, The hands are unworthy to be a part of the body because they can't see or are the feet saying the eyes can't be a part of the body because they can't walk or perhaps the nose is saying the feet can't be part of the body because they smell bad. (laughs) I mean, it can get pretty absurd if we push there. But so that brings another question maybe to ponder. If Satan has been defeated, which he has, and Satan has a limited amount of time left, which he does, what is a, a great way to try to hinder the body of Christ? Would it not greatly hinder and slow down the body of Christ from fulfilling the Great Commission if the body were spending time bickering, judging, and an overall disagreement amongst its own members? Yes, uh, some great kingdom work 
will still be accomplished by individual parts, but how much more would be accomplished if the body of Christ were working in perfect harmony as intended? I'm just asking. But let's get down to a more personal level. As a Christian, a child of God, are you worthy or are you unworthy before God? Do you currently view yourself as a poor, wretched sinner who only by the grace of God has been saved, who who is unworthy to stand in the presence of Almighty God because of all your past sins? Or were you a poor, wretched sinner who that by the grace of God, through faith, you have been saved and you are now a child of the living God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has been made the righteousness of God, and who now comes boldly before the throne of God with your prayers and petitions, with Jesus as your advocate. See, do you feel like you have to fall on your knees and beg God for forgiveness when you when you commit a sin? Or do you come before God with Jesus as your advocate and repent of your sins knowing that your father is just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness and will never leave you nor forsake you. Interestingly, for many, many Christians, how you answer these questions is determined by what church denomination you were raised in or, or now attend and or where you currently uh, are in, re, in the renewing of your mind in the word of God. But if God called us through Jesus to be disciples, well, let's just let's just use the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. Again, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So do you believe that he would have made us worthy to accomplish this great commission? If you're an unworthy sinner of a man that only by the grace of God will enter heaven by the skin of your chinny-chin-chin, how can you possibly be worthy to go out and make disciples of all nations? If you have to fall down on your knees and your face and constantly beg God to please, please, God, hear my prayers and to please, please, please be with me each and every hour, How are you worthy, and when do you have time to carry out the Great Commission? Church body, I'm just saying, wake up. Renew your minds in the Word of God. You have been made the righteousness of God. You have been made worthy. You have been called to make disciples of all nations. You have been called uh, to be representatives of God Almighty as a part of the body of Jesus Christ. You are highly favored of God. You were a poor sinner. You were a poor, wretched sinner. But once you believed in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and that the Father raised him from the dead and and you confessed this with your mouth, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior by God's grace and through your faith, you became a child of the living God, a new creature with a new created spirit, a joint heir to the kingdom of heaven. The old man is dead, meaning your old sinful spirit is dead, and you're now a new man, meaning you have a new created spirit in Christ Jesus. You've been given the nature of God, not the nature of sin. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
you still have your flesh and blood body, uh, and, and you still have your soul, your mind, and emotions, but your spirit, man, is brand new. It's recreated in Christ Jesus, washed in the blood of the Lamb. The old sinful spirit nature that you were born with is dead and gone. You need to renew your mind and transform yourself in the, in the Word of God and bring your flesh and blood body, mind and soul, uh, in line with your born-again and new-created spirit. You no longer have to come before God feeling unworthy, constantly falling on your knees or flat on your face, begging him for forgiveness or begging him to meet your needs. The word tells us once we become children of God, we are to come boldly before the throne with our requests and petitions. Don't get me wrong. We still reverence God. We still fear God in a sense of reverence and fear and respect. We can certainly fall on our knees or fall flat of our face in love and reverence of God as we pray. But it's not because, it shouldn't be because we feel totally unworthy to come before him. You see, in the flesh, we can never be worthy. We can never be worthy in ourselves. But in our reborn spirit, we become the righteousness of God and are made to be worthy. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 of the King James says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but is in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin." Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you were to go over to a friend's house and their children were to come into the room and fall down on their knees or just fall flat of their face, prostrate on the floor, and just start begging their parents for food or clothing, or, or any of the other needs that they have, just pleading with them in tears, falling, just falling down, telling them how they, they know they're just not worthy of the food or the clothing or, or any other blessings. They, they confess all of their sins and transgressions, confessing uh, that they had not properly done their chores or they hadn't, they hadn't completed their homework or they skipped a class at school. Or, uh, but that they, were, they were so hungry and they were in so much need of new clothing or other things. Please, please feed us. Help us. Please don't leave us. Please don't abandon us. Would you not think that there was a somewhat unhealthy relationship going on there between the children and their parents? How much more so with God, if that's the way we're coming before God? Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11 of the New Living Translation. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Again, if you come before God and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you believe in your heart and you confess that Jesus came to earth as a man, he died for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead, then according to God's word, 
you are born again. You will be born again if you haven't done it and you do it. You'll be, you'll be born again in the Spirit, and you will receive eternal life. Now, this brings to mind another question. Let's say you're born again, you become a Christian, and you commit a sin after you've been saved. Does God instantly say, away with your salvation and eternal life in heaven, I give you torment and a fiery hell instead? Let's say that you confess and repent your sin. Does God then say, okay, you can have your salvation and eternal life back, but then you sin again? And the cycle repeats itself over and over again. Salvation, no salvation for you. Salvation, no salvation for you. Or born again, unborn again. Born again, again, unborn again. Unborn again, again, again. Uh, I don't. I, I know some people are going to say, "Oh, you're you're being a heretic. You're being," and I know I might. I'm taking that point a little too far, but it is a serious point that I, I don't know. I mean, think about it. I know what some denominations teach. Another question: As you get older and become a better Christian, does the cycle repeat itself less? because you became a better Christian and you become more pleasing to God. So therefore maybe you're, you don't sin as much so you don't lose your salvation as often. You see, there are major Christian church denominational lines drawn over this very issue. Once saved, always saved, or saved, not saved, saved, not saved. There also seems to be an abundance of Christians who are more than willing to make the judgment as to who is saved and who is not saved. Who is worthy and who is unworthy? Oftentimes, based on something as serious as maybe how you dress or how you wear your hair. So one must ask the question, where does this judgment come from? Why are we as the body of Christ so split on what the word of God says and why are we so quick to judge each other? I mean, my personal belief is because of religion. Not God's word, but religion. Now, we might we might compare it in ways to our uh, political affiliations. You know, someone uh, you might say, "Well, my great great granddaddy and my granddaddy and my daddy, well, they were Democrats, and by golly, I'm a Democrat. My family's always been Democrat since first time they Democrat was, or Republican or Independent. You you get the picture. For many. Uh, their political affiliation is it isn't based on the current party actions or positions or beliefs or what they're doing it's based solely on the fact that one's lineage has always been affiliated to a certain party and so it is for many when it comes to the word of god and what they believe well many i, I don't i don't i don't know that many even know why they believe what they believe or in some cases they're not sure what they believe they just know that well, I'm Baptist. Well, I'm Methodist. Well, I'm Pentecostal. Because their family's always been Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, throw in whatever you know denomination. So I want to dig uh, deeper into this topic and hopefully challenge you to dig deeper into God's word and seek his face on the answers. You may agree. You may disagree with me as we continue to look at this. I simply challenge you to read, study, and meditate on God's word first. First, 
before denominational theology. Seek his face, and he will give you truth. Now, that's all for this episode. Uh, please, please join me. Come back for this, and let's continue this discussion anyway. At least hear it out and, uh, and pray about it and seek the face of God. So join me in episode 37. We're, we will begin to uh, seek some answers. Uh, we'll pick up right here where we left off. And I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.